Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary in Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Yep, it is that time again. It is time to put on a show, and what a show we have for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is one of the premier hard rock voices of all time. She's a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Her band is called Heart, and her name is Ann Wilson. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, and we would love to have you join us. You go to my website, click the link, and you'll be a part of it. And our superfan shout-out is for my friend Sue. Say hi to Sue, everybody. Hi, Sue, my friend, too. Mark, say hi to Sue. <laughs> hey, Sue. How are you? And Phil, if it's not too much trouble, can you say hi to Sue, please? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. It takes a lot out of you. I understand. <laughs> Phil, Sue, I want you to know Phil's not mad at you. He's just not here. He's still adrift. Uh, but I did speak to him, uh, and I will play the conversation for you. I feel like we should set a place for him, like at dinner. The chair. Like a Seder? Yeah. Was... Just set a place. He might show up. A Seder, Phil? Yeah. Elijah <laughs> or Phil? One of the others showing up. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't eat the egg. <laughs> don't eat the egg. Uh, yeah. Phil is not here. He he is adrift, and uh, we got a lot of emails concerned about Phil because he thought he was having a heart attack. He just had indigestion. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it two bags of Oreos? Wasn't it? Wasn't that to be determined the cause of yeah. uh, of the discomfort? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't arterial plaque. It was he. He, he ate like an eight year old. That's what it was. <laughs> and I the- love that he said he goes. I've done this before. That's an idiot. Yeah. Stop eating two bags of Oreos. Just stop that. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they were double stuffed. He should go back to the original. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, I I spoke to him, uh, and thank you guys for being concerned. Here was the conversation. So you burped and you feel better. No more heart attacks? I, several times. No more heart attacks. Nope. Moron. <laughs> I thought I was having a heart attack. Okay, so you're doing better. Yeah, it was all stress-related. And what helped me is I found this app. And I've been following this app. 
and I'm breathing. So you weren't <laughs> breathing before the app? No, I was breathing. I was just doing it incorrectly. Now I'm, now I'm breathing correctly. Phil, this in and out. What is in? What is incorrect breathing? You breathe in, you hold, and then you wait, then you exhale, and then you hum, and there's all kind of stuff. There's rituals. There's chanting. It's not an app. This is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's got an app now. <laughs> At least it's not a blow up doll. That's true. <laughs> Well, I, th- okay, I, th- I can handle an app. Yeah, well, I think that's why I got the app. He can't get married, and he can't buy a car at sea, so what's his coping mechanism? Yeah, he's breathing. Now, breathe, he's breathing and humming. That's the new coping mechanism. It used to be food, but that gave him a heart attack, so now... <laughs> oh, Phil, I love you, man. Yeah. I miss you so much, brother. <laughs> that's him. Well, that is a good move in the right direction. What? To breathe. Breathing yeah, is good. Yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> breathing deeply is good. Yeah, I'm pro-breathing, yeah. <laughs> Four out of five doctors do yeah. recommend breathing. Four out of yeah. five. <laughs> Too funny. He, he's got insomnia, and he was he was really mad at me because I could just I could sleep on a hook, you know. And we were when he was crashing at the apartment in New York. He's like, "How do you do that? You just fall asleep in five minutes, and you close your eyes, you go to sleep." Yeah, you can fall asleep real quick, but when you wake up, oh, the terror! Oh yeah, it's terrible. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wake up in a haunted house. Sleeping's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Going to bed's fine. Coming out of sleep is just like. Exactly. Ah! <laughs> you set an alarm. I have to deal yeah, with what? It's panic. It's a panic over. It takes me. I don't know what it is. I think a lot of people have that. Yeah, I'd be honest with you. I'm more concerned about me. It's killing yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. It's just, it's just, God, it's terrible. So what's up with the bell? So he sleeps better. This, this is the second part of the conversation. Yeah, it's great, man. I'm doing the breathing. I'm going to bed and I'm sleeping within 20 minutes. See? That's the big thing, man. Sleeping. I'm calm. The only thing is I'm having these funky dreams. Like what? Uh, last night I was driving the space shuttle. <laughs> I was driving the space shuttle. I think that means death. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is that now? <laughs> I'm breathing. I'm calm. I think that means death. What the? <laughs> there goes the breathing. <laughs> exactly. Now it's into hyperventilating. That's yeah. what that kind of thing is. Why? Oh, it's dream interpretation. Here's my interpretation of the dream. What? Yeah, means death. Think about it. You're 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 well, leaving. Why you gotta put that on there now? Why why can't it be that I'm gonna be a pilot? Maybe. Phil, if you were a pilot, <laughs> you'd be flying a plane. You don't leave the planet if you're a pilot. If you're leaving the planet in a space shuttle, it means death. Oh fuck you! <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I tell you anything. I'm gonna lay down and go to bed. I'm gonna think about this conversation. Now I'm gonna be up again. <laughs> Um, now you should make an app for people who want to stay awake. That's funny. Just hit Adam. Your dreams mean you're going to die. I'm Adam Farrar. <laughs> yeah. What? That's so great. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I just, <laughs> I just love that it all winds back to Phil, and he's so he winds up so easily. <laughs> and, and I love the pause as you tell him that. It's like he takes it in, he ponders it for a second, and then he spits it back out as, "Oh fuck you!" <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> great. Yeah. I will tell you, Adam, you are correct in your dream interpretation because if Phil is flying anything, it means sure death for him and whoever he's flying. That's true. Yeah. 
We sit down and try to land. Yeah. He'd probably try and Google landing. This doesn't feel right. I'm going to circle around again. (laughs) Anybody have some Oreos? Uh, Yeah. Especially, Adam, if you're the co-pilot. Are you sure you want to do that, Phil? Are you sure? Is your landing gear down? It says it's down. Stick your head out the window. See if it's down. You can't trust the machines. Stick your head out the window. (laughs) Will you stop it? (laughs) But he is on the right track. He's on the right track with the breathing. I've used that in my, you know, futile attempts to try and do, you know, meditation and Mm. yoga and all these things. But breathing always centers me and kind of calms me down. Doesn't put me to sleep. I'm one of those guys that it takes me 17 hours to fall asleep, Mm -hmm. but it does calm me down a lot. So breathing is a really good calming exercise. I want you to know, Adam, I breathe from my toes up. Really? Learn that and dance. Mm -hmm. And dance? Yeah. I don't know if you know this, Mark, but my wife is a slave to the dance. (laughs) (laughs) I was unaware. Yeah, well, Dean, Dean Slider, my friend, my my meditation teacher, had Mm -hmm. the the technique of breathing through your feet, which which grounds you. Yeah. So you're ahead of the curve, baby have to because it keeps me grounded that's good i need you on the ground honey i don't need you floating up and out it's walking around with the wife on a string like a balloon that's just <laughs> no. what i need <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but i do commend phil i mean he's, he's he's trying to you know he's better himself he's calming himself down you know it's his fault that i like it when he gets upset and i know how to oh, do it's it his fault. it is his fault <laughs> <laughs> he does seem to run into it an awful lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Ann Wilson started cultivating stillness, too, and it came in handy for her when she was singing Stairway to Heaven to Led Zeppelin in front of the President of the United States at the Kennedy Center. Yeah, that's a big gig. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big yeah, gig. That, big. that ain't yeah. two bags of Oreos, baby. That no. <laughs> no, it's live. Yeah, and she killed it, and I was so excited to talk to her, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. So you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. When we're anxious or stressed, our breathing becomes very shallow. Deep breathing lowers your heart rate, your blood pressure, increases your energy levels, and decreases your muscle tension and pain. Not to mention the mental health benefits, including decreased anxiety. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. These are longer than 30 minutes. Don't bullshit me. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
Hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? Yeah. Friday the 22nd and Saturday the 23rd, I'll be at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. April 29th and 30th, I will be at the Laugh It Up Comedy Club in Poughkeepsie, New York. July 1st and 2nd, I will be at one of my favorite clubs, Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. July 8th and 9th, I will be at the Comedy Shop in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. And one show only, July 10th, I will be at Soul Joel's in Royersford, Pennsylvania. There's a link to tickets in the show notes. You go to my website, click the link there. And as always, if you can make any of these gigs, please come up and say hello. And let me thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right, go on. Get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a poet, singer, songwriter, and she is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. One of the premier hard rock vocalists of all time, her band Heart has had over 20 top 40 singles and sold 35 million records worldwide. Her new solo album is called Fierce Bliss, featuring the single Greed. It is available right now wherever you get your music. She has an RV named Sylvia. She made Robert Plant cry, and she is a descendant of a murderous 17th century scalp hunter. That's right. <laughs> and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Ann Wilson. How are you? I'm fine. The only update on that is that now the coach is a different coach and it's named Tigra. Oh, it's a different one. Tigra. Sylvia went to wherever it is that old coaches go. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're currently yeah. in Tigra now? You're on tour now? No, we're uh, we're not going to leave for another two weeks here. But so I'm mm. at home still. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're going to take off and do a bunch of shows in May. Mm-hmm. all over the place that's great and you'll be supporting the the album fierce bliss i've been listening to it they sent me a copy it's really really good the uh single greed i mean let's just start there this was really cool because in, in reading about how it came about uh during the pandemic you were writing about uh i don't know you said i got nothing to do how about the seven deadly sins is that how it came around well not exactly i was um even before the pandemic, I had the idea to write an album about the seven deadlies and mm-hmm. there'd be seven songs, you know, maybe about each sin. And then I thought, that's a little heavy handed. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe just choose one, you know. And uh, so I chose greed because it just seems like we're there, like yeah. as a culture, we have never been more materialistic. We've never needed so much to make us happy. We've never not cared so much about what goes in the landfills. I mean, mm. we're just so materialistic and greedy that I think it's pretty apropos for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you during the pandemic, I did a, a lot of sloth, which I think is number four on your hit parade. Yeah. So did I, yeah. I still haven't, gone, I still haven't uh, gone completely back to acceptable stage or, or uh, street clothes. Yeah. I know. <laughs> And I'm in my pajamas. Who are we kidding? Well, you think this is not a nightgown? <laughs> Just because you only see it from here up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, when you talk about the the um, the greed in our culture, I think a lot of it, it's, it's external validation. A lot of it is, yeah. you know, because of 
the the uncertainty of our times, you look for something to bring you comfort, but most people are looking outside of themselves. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a real uh, heavy duty and sometimes painful thing to look within, mm. you know? So how do we get out of it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Believe me, yeah, I, I've, I, uh, I've, I've, I've gone with him because I've been looking outside. I'm going, well, there's no answers here. And I'm living right. on, I'm, I'm looking for the validation about someone else's opinion of how I should be. And that's where pain starts, you know? Yeah, absolutely true. That's right. And I guess it, um, you know, I'm of a very advanced age now and I've seen so much down through the decades, but it seems like that, that caring what, what other people think it tends to begin to fall away the older you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people my age now are just like, I don't care what anybody thinks, you know, like they're, yeah. they're pretty free and liberated from that. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think wisdom comes with age. I think it comes with pain. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm a comic and an actor. I worry about what people think, too. But now when I'm interviewed, you know, I'm asked the question, do, do, do you still care what people think? I said, yeah, but my knees hurt. I got to sit down. Fuck them. I can't do that. <laughs> well, it's it's different. Caring what you think as a comic or as a commercial musician is different than caring what people think just in your life, you know, mm. like, so are people going to uh, approve of what I have on? Are they going to think that I'm beautiful? Are they going to think that I'm smart? You know, I mean, those are the things that probably aren't very worthy. Yeah. And a lot of you, a lot of, and a lot of it is conditioned beliefs from, you know, from our childhood, like on an in reading about you, you had a stutter as a kid. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I did. And uh, it caused me all kinds of grief, you know, all through my childhood. Mm. Like reading out loud in class was just forget it. It was oh, just the word. So, so traumatizing, you know. And uh, I came up with all kinds of ways to get out of doing it, you know, and made agreements with the kids sitting on either side of me that if, if the teacher wasn't looking up, then the one who just finished reading, the next one would just take over and skip over me, you know. Yeah. All kinds of stuff like that, which kids, it's just so hard. But when I started to be a singer, it just kind of worked itself out. Because when you sing, you learn how to just sing in a long, linear, speak in a long, linear way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really helped me get past it. Sometimes I still have it a little bit when I'm really tired. But it's gone. Yeah. Well, yeah, you said it, you said it in your book, Kicking and Dreaming. It's a different part of your brain. And that that was interesting to me because there's a there's a trust element in the performing arts. There's also a trust element, especially with singers. There's a trust issue when you just got to know you're going to be there with that note, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, if you screw it up, like if you forget words or something, Mm -hmm. it's you can beat yourself up for the whole rest of the show and be worthless. You know, I mean, confidence is such a big one. Yeah, it's all about confidence. Yeah. And even when you, you were at your height, like now, the very beginning, first of all, kick it out. One of my top three driving songs of all time. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it, 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 it's kick it out. It's highway star and radar love. Those are the three I go to. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Highway star. Yeah. 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 Highway star is a good one. So is radar love. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are your three top driving songs while we're here? Driving songs. Uh, Questions by the Moody Blues. Good. 
uh, oh, uh, can you see the real me by the who? Yeah, probably um, something by Zeppelin, probably um, immigrant song, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that we're at at Zeppelin, Uh, Zeppelin 4, you said, was the album that pretty much opened a door in your mind. Am I correct on that? Yes, I liked them before, but I never dreamed that I could sing that that Zeppelin songs until about the Zeppelin four period when I was mm-hmm. in a band and the men in the band wanted to do a bunch of Zeppelin songs, but they mm-hmm. couldn't. I, so it, I was the one that got to do it. And um, that's what opened the door to my rock singing ability. You said in uh, in Behind the Music, you said you, you found it because you you hit pay dirt and connected with your soul. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that to me, that's that's what singing truly is. It's mm-hmm. not about it's not as much about your vocal mechanism or anything like that or mm-hmm. doing doing vocal acrobatics. It's about soul opening. And so you can be a really good singer. But if you're shut down and you're not making that connection, being that hollow read for your soul, you know, you're just pretending, I think. Yeah. In my line of work, you, you got to be a vessel. That's pretty much what. Yeah, right. Yeah. Be willing to be that vessel and to be to be open and be there and be that vulnerable. And the the thing about when you connect, especially the the early stuff, you know, like uh, that, that you guys did, it came out of the energy around anger. If channeled properly, can be used mm-hmm. constructively. Totally. Because you're you have no filter like yeah. you're not you're not figuring out the the precise way to say something you're just venting you know and that that's pretty clean and pure yeah and barracuda has that carries that energy yeah yes it does it does yes. it's just like fuck you, you know? <laughs> and uh, the story behind that was mushroom records they did that 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 uh horrible objectification promotion of you and and your sister nancy and you were so mm-hmm. pissed off and uh, you were, uh, if, if I if I understand the story correctly, you were channeled to use that to write a song. Yes. Yeah. Um, I came from a really naive background, and I had this divine idea about what it was going to be like to bring our songs to the world. Mm-hmm. And and then when I actually got into the music industry and saw how sleazy it was and how women were thought of at that point, you know, especially two sisters. Sure. There was, there was the sleazy idea that it was two sisters together outrageously, you know, and I wasn't aware of that until that moment. And it really pissed me off because we were trying for something much higher Mm -hmm. and I'd be mad. (laughs) I don't blame you. And this time period too, the objectification at that time period. Plus this was all silk cord jackets and bindles of cocaine. There was nobody, you know, Right. Any kind of conscience at all. Right. I know. And um, women have always allowed themselves to be objectified in the music industry, even now. Uh But back then it it was just you didn't have a choice. You know, back then it was like you are an object. You know, you're Uh you're going to be this way. Sexy. (laughs) That sounds. Yeah. Yeah. And being in a sister, being in a band with your sister and the relationships that was in the band, you were you were uh, um, 
uh, connected, uh, romantically connected to the, to the manager of the band. And right. he was connected to the guitar player in the band. So right, yeah. you got this whole Fleetwood Mackie rumors thing going on. Yeah, yeah. They call this the Wilshires because it was two Wilson sisters with two Fisher brothers. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you can imagine how complicated that got. So, yeah. Got, now, did you have an awareness? I mean, because you were very young when you guys, when you started out, were you aware that that this is ticking or were you aware that this is beautiful? It was beautiful at first. And then like the more you, you dive into the experience of it, the more you kind of go, oh, whoa. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 this is crazy. And it's, this is not fair. And uh, you're expected to, to, to be this way. Are you going to be that way? Um, mm-hmm. Lots of choices and decisions to make yeah. and, you know, devil's bargains along the way and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And power struggles with the the roles that one plays in an artistic endeavor and the roles that one plays in a relationship, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Those, those boundaries get blurred over time. Look, I work with my wife. My wife is she's on th- this show with me, and uh, <laughs> I've come to the point where every thought I have in a marriage is sort of like a demo. I'm going to bring it to the yeah. studio, and it's going to change. It's going to be. Yeah. She's right. going to yeah. horns. She's going to take out this verse. <laughs> She's going to tell me why yeah. that doesn't work. But in the end, the song is going to be better. But you have to be willing to be open to and trust someone else's opinion. You have to be yeah, really willing to collaborate, you know, and that, I, I really hear you. I mean, that's that's the first the biggest thing I'm learning from marriage is that when you decide that you're going to marry someone, mm-hmm. that means you really want to be with them and you don't just want to be the star of the marriage. You're, you're, it's a duel. It's a duet, you know, so yeah. you're going to collaborate maybe in ways that are hard at first, but um, if you do it, you make something together, which is really great. Yeah. The only issue I'm facing is I'm the star of the damn marriage. And the quicker she realizes that the better off we're going to be. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings me to your songwriting. I mean, your songwriting, you collaborate a lot. And from what I was reading, you, you wrote a lot of this uh, solo, but uh, and then brought it out. Is that accurate? Yeah. Um, during the quarantine lockdown mm-hmm. time in 2020 and 2021, it was nice and peaceful and quiet. I'm sure you had the same experience where you just weren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. We weren't around people. So there was plenty of time just to sit and daydream and write, you know, right. I came up with a bunch of demos and um, got in touch with Tom Bukovac, my guitar player now. And mm-hmm. he got a band together just to help me um, uh, do the demos. And it turned into this bingo situation where we all, we ended up making a record and you yeah. made it a muscle shoals. Yeah. 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 What a place. Yeah. I can, I've never been, I've been to Abbey road, never been to the muscle shoals, but I can only imagine. I mean, Aretha's in those walls somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And all those guys, you know, just the music that was made there, the people that, that own and run it, you know, mm-hmm. they just, they just get you set up and make you feel really welcome. And then they get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, the place just has this real supportive, welcoming feeling. And uh, it's just got a creative vibe to it. It's pretty energized. Yeah. 
environment is very is very important for for me anyway. Environments where this clubs I love to play just because I can. I just feel safer just to let go and and just to fly yeah. A little bit. yeah. It's it's where and it's and it's what like a lot of these you were singing um, when you did some covers on this uh, album as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, is it easier or difficult to connect to something that you haven't written? Well, it depends on the song. Mm-hmm. Um, the songs that I chose for Fierce Bliss, I can really connect with, you know, sure. like the, uh, the the Jeff Buckley song, Forget Her. I just love that song. Mm-hmm. And I just like every time I'd hear him sing it on that Grace album, I'd just go, oh, God, this is this just tears me up, you know. So I it was a natural. Yeah. Also, Bridge of Sighs. The Robin Trower cover, just love that. That may be my favorite blues song of all time, just mm-hmm. because it's so, so existential, just so black, you know, it's so dark. And that's what the blues is. Yeah. So why not go all the way there, you know, pump it all the way up. And of course, um, um, you know, Kenny Wayne Shepherd just nailed that. Yeah. So. Blue on Black's one of my favorite songs. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because the, the the music, um, I was reading about how you warm up, and you, it's not scales. You just sing along to music you like for about forty minutes, right? Yeah, and I like back in the day, I used to, I'd had a vocal teacher in Seattle who I went to a couple times for advice on how to warm up, and he just he gave me all these exercises to do and stuff, and. I did him for a while and it helped, but I couldn't stick with it. It was just too boring. Yeah. So I figured out that um, you find, I find a CD of an artist that I'm really excited about. I know all the songs and while I'm getting ready for the show, I just have that playing a sing along with every song and voila, you've warmed up for 40 minutes, you know, 30 or 40 minutes before a show. And that's, that's really good. Does it, does, really does it put you in a, depending on what you choose, does it put you in a mood for the show, depending on the music? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It, it opens the soul and relaxes everything. People talk about their throats and all the stuff they need to do for their throats and mm-hmm. honey and lemon and all, this, all these things. But the real thing is, to me, is just relax, you know? Yeah. Don't go on stage like a clenched fist, you know, go on stage... Like you're ready to just pour. Yeah, that's the presence. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about was the original band goes through its changes. And then 85, you you just go, you guys go through the roof. And, yeah. But that was, you said it was a Faustian bargain. I have the quote right here. It was a Faustian bargain because of what it cost for that fame. You know, yeah. criticism and just even the making of it. You guys work with uh, Ron Nevison, who was, he actually, he was the engineer on Quadrophenia. Yes, he was. He'd also worked with Led Zeppelin. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and so, you know, we thought, oh, this is a rock producer. All right. Mm-hmm. We we're thinking Zeppelin and The Who. But instead, that, that album was a huge success because it was the first time we'd ever agreed to really just dive into what was already being played on the radio. Like, we didn't lead. We were reactive in mm-hmm. the types of creativity we did. And uh, I, it, it was fun to have number one records and make all that money and stuff and all the recognition and the, the clothes and the hair and all that kind of stuff. And things come to you fast and, and people 
bless you and go, oh, you deserve this. You know, we always knew you had this in you. Mm-hmm. What you've done is you've you've entered the machine as a piece of fodder, you know, yeah. really. Yeah, that it was. And even the creation of what I was reading, like he would push you almost to the point of not, I, I don't want to say the word abuse, but it was heading that way to get you to react. Yeah, right. Yeah. He was uh, of the school of thought that if you get a singer angry, yeah. they'll really deliver you a good vocal um, thing. But yeah. when I get angry, if somebody else makes me angry, I usually just get emotional. Yeah. If I make myself angry, it's a different story. But that guy was like making me feel like I wanted to cry, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I ended up going back and doing all the vocals over mm. after we were done. And, uh, like I hated everything we'd done. So I just went back and did them all again and it was better. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you get me angry. I don't want to perform. I want to wait for you in the parking lot. That's what it makes me want to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Really. And like talk behind your back to my girlfriends and say, what an asshole, you know, <laughs> That's not a good creative environment, you know? Yeah. I, I have to ask just because of the creation of that. That's how the thing was created. And then the fucking backlash you guys got. You were yeah, getting standing ovations for your performances, but that never made the reviews. Right. Yeah. No, it was all about uh, imaging in those days. Yeah. And the 80s, the 80s were the most image conscious um decade i've ever lived through and that was the whole point it was like how how phony can you be we love the phony thing you know like how far can you go with it yeah and that just works right against my nature and nancy's nature too yeah uh so we were really uncomfortable in that but having said that we agreed to it and we we stuck with it and we wanted to be there so I can't point fingers at other people and saying, oh, they tied our hands behind our back and made us do it. No, we did it. So, right. yeah, yeah. And, and you did it well. I mean, that your songs yeah. everywhere. I mean, George Harrison called you up and yeah. sat alone over the phone. I know that that was a real. I'll never forget that is his Beatle voice. He had he was using kind of his Hard Day's Night accent, you know, Uh huh. Do I get you alone? <laughs> it, it was so cute. It was just really sweet. Didn't he call you up to do a benefit and you couldn't do it? Is that the story? Yeah, we were on the road and I was at a radio station doing a drop in. I was on the air uh-huh. and the DJ was taking calls and um, they did this to surprise me. Right. And so, yeah, we have George online for, you know, he wants to ask you about something that no one said it was George Harrison. And so I was on the line with him. I thought it was George um, Schweitzer from Tulsa. You know? We're going to go to George on a car phone. Go ahead, George. <laughs> right, George. So, yeah, that, that was cool. He was putting together an environmental concert at that time and was going to ask Hart to play, but we were on the road, so we couldn't do it. Oh, wow. I spoke to Ringo on the phone. You did? Yeah. Wow. And he, he didn't call to talk to me. I just happened to be at the radio station and I finished, I was plugging my dates and they said, we're going to call Ringo. You want to stick around? And I went that Ringo. They said, yes, that Ringo. I said, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Cool. I I had Glenn Johns on my show. 
Ooh. Yeah. Nice. I, I flipped out. I couldn't, I had him, I had him on and then I'm emailing him. I'm asking him questions. He's the nicest guy you ever want to meet. Yeah. 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 He doesn't, that, do, you have, do you have that? Do you have an awareness of your position? You know, you get a geeky guy like me freaking out. You get people like, cause you've, you've opened doors for so many artists and, and it, 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 you do hold that position in, in history. I suppose I do a little bit academically, but, but mm-hmm. really I always look at things from the inside out. So I, mm-hmm. I feel pretty uh, subjective, subjective about everything. I don't, I don't go like, will you know, I've just woken up today. I'm about to get out of bed. Hey, I'm the one that opened the door for women in the music <laughs> business. Do not do that. <laughs> All right, let, let me, let me rephrase. Do you take, uh, do you take any sort of, I would say satisfaction, but I think maybe even pride in what you have accomplished personally, not, not, not ego feeding, yeah. but just personally. Yes, I do. I think that when I look back on who I was and how naive I was and how uh, hard it was to write songs and sing and create and be around people at the beginning uh-huh. at, as opposed to now, I think I've really come a long way and I'm proud of that. Some of the new songs that I've written, I think are great. They show progress as a songwriter. So I'm happy with that. That's, that's, I'm glad that you're, you're experiencing that. Cause I'm ha- that's happening to me as well, as far as um, is, is enjoying the doing and separating from the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you do better work, whether it, whether it gets the, the notoriety that it did when you were a younger artist um, yeah. is, is, is not as important as the satisfaction of the creation and the people that it does touch. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, it, it really does. In fact, that's how I'm feeling at this moment before the critics have gotten a hold of my album and, and our shows and everything. It's, it's, it's that um, beautiful point of limbo where you're really I'm really proud of the record and I'm proud of what we've done and nobody said it's shitty yet you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah I gotta ask about the Kennedy Center oh yeah oh god okay so let me set the scene for for everybody Led Zeppelin you guys are honoring Led Zeppelin and you're singing Stairway to Heaven to Led Zeppelin, the President of the United States, and everyone who's watching. First of all, the stones on you, Wilson, for doing that and making that choice. Yeah, well, well, that that was we were asked to sing that um, yeah. by the by the Kennedy Center, and we were part of a tribute to Led Zeppelin who was being honored that night. Uh-huh. And uh, it was so cute because there they are, the bad boys of rock, you know in their day, sitting there in their little tuxedos with their medallions on, mm-hmm. being honored by, by, the, by the elite of the elite, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was very cool. And um, at, at first, when they first asked us to do it a couple of weeks before, I think I felt they were going to ask us to do a song like Rock and Roll or... Mm-hmm. One of the rockers, you know, something like that. And so when they said, no, he wants you to do Stairway to Heaven, it was sort of, really? <laughs> because, because that song is is uh, holy, you know, you yeah. don't screw that up. 
that's like maybe the one that will be remembered when you say Led Zeppelin 200 years from now, that'll be the song that'll be their masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you did it with an orchestra and a chorus. Yeah. Yeah. And it started yeah. you and Nancy. It was just you and Nancy with the acoustic guitar. And it started there. And just the little touches as the thing grew. And even yeah. a little bit like, and, and, and Jason Bonham, John Bonham's son was playing drums and he's wearing yes. the bowler hat because Bonham used to wear the Droog outfit. And then the, 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 the choir has the bowler hats on and just the intention to detail. And then you just unleash, you just unleashed. I was just like, everything I had was vibrating and, Oh, that's great. That's really great. Yeah, you know, for me, it was like, uh, it, well, when you're up there singing in a high pressure situation mm-hmm. like that, I'm sure you know what I mean mm-hmm. as a comic. Yeah. Get up there. You can't be thinking. It's like with sex or something. Yeah. You've got to not think. You have to get your brain out of the way. And uh, that's pretty much how I handled it that night because I didn't want to start going, fuck, boom. <laughs> You know, like I just wanted to be in the moment and in the song. I was reading the moment before uh, about you, you and Nancy were backstage and Nancy said, I'm nervous. And you went, can we put that aside for a moment? Yeah, just not now. Yeah. <laughs> Compartmentalize that. And you mentioned that a stillness came over you. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Because the song is so beautiful. The mm-hmm. The lyrics to that song are so incredible and otherworldly. And um, for me, as a singer, it's the top at the top to sing that song. Sure. He wrote those lyrics in 20 minutes. He did. Barney Hoskins has a book about Led Zeppelin IV. Uh, yeah. And it just 20 minutes he goes, he was in a very bad mood. And they were uh-huh. playing, and they were at Headley Grange, and it was cold, and it was damp. And uh, did you read the Bob Spitz book, the Zeppelin book? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So he, uh, in in the book, he said he was in a bad mood, and he just started scribbling. In twenty minutes, he did it, and then they they had the take, and then Jimmy's Jimmy's rubbing his chin, and Bottom goes, "What's the matter?" He goes, "I have one more in us." And he was pissed off, and he went all the way down the stairs, and he had to do one more take, and that's the take they had. Wow. Yeah. Well, he would feel it. Yeah. If, if, if he was just on the cusp of getting it right and then he just needed one more little thing, yeah. he would feel it. Yeah. I want to go back to the stillness. Is that something that I know it overcame you? Do you cultivate that or does it, does it just comes upon you? No, I have to cultivate it. Um, mm-hmm. By nature, I'm a person who can, who can get really anxious, who can really just mm-hmm. take everything hyper seriously and uh-huh. personally. So it's so back when we did the Kennedy Center honors thing, I was in a phase in my life where I was just beginning to learn how to do entry level meditational techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad I was doing that because they really came in handy that night. It's just I remember thinking, OK, the song, this moment, the song is a bowl of water and you are carrying it and you don't want to spill a drop. So mm-hmm. just concentrate on being still and holding it. And so then we did the song in that state, right? Sang the song in that state. Wow. Did you, did you get to see uh, Zeppelin after it was over? Yeah, there was a dinner afterward and uh, the whole cast was there and a bunch of the luminaries and the, uh, I can't remember who all 
the Obamas were not at the dinner, but there were just like all kinds of people, Jeff Beck and Bonnie Wright and Buddy Guy and David mm -hmm. Letterman and Stephen Colbert and Yo-Yo Ma and just all these. It was just solid. And Robert Plant <laughs> cried at your performance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, I can see why that would have been poignant for him because here's he looks down and he sees the son of his best friend, Mm -hmm. John Bonham playing drums, who probably was just a little baby kid when they were at their height, you know, running around in their band rehearsals. And this song that just is uh, being done in this very careful and respectful, beautiful way. Yeah, I would have been um, moved too if, yeah. if it would have been me. And you got to play with John Paul Jones. Yeah, he... Uh, produced an album of ours back in the nineties. Yeah. And uh, he actually played on it and everything wrote all the string charts for this little string section. It was an acoustic show. And in that show we did uh, what is and what should never be. Mm -hmm. And he got on bass on that. And it was just, Oh my God, nearly too much to handle to stand next to John Paul Jones playing my bass mm -hmm. um, on a Zeppelin song. And the people in the audience those nights were just like, we can't believe that. You know, it was a very, very strong uh, Zeppelin factor that night. Yeah. And you made him you made him cry too. the quote I had here. He looked at you after you sang and said, how do you do that? Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. This is a guy that worked with Robert Plant. And he looked at you, Anne, and said, how do you do that? I know I was super flattered and moved when he when I could see that he was moved by it. You know, it was just wow. And that that's the shit. You know, that's the real stuff. It isn't about money or ch chart positions or, mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's, it's just that um, intangible thing that artists can give each other and give to people yeah. to make them feel something, feel good, you know? Yeah. And I. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm glad that you're a music fan. I, I just it's just this conversation has been so much fun for me. Uh, me, too. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you're a fan of music and I could see it in your face. I, when I was talking to Glenn Johns and did I tell you I spoke to Glenn Johns? I'm telling everybody. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. Yes. When I spoke to him, <laughs> you could see his face light up. When I yeah. asked him about all these people he worked with, you know, Linda Ronstadt, Clapton, yeah. um, um, Levon Helm. I got to hang out with Levon and part of his name, I just saw his face light up. So uh -huh. when a guy like me gets to talk to people like you and know that we share the same kind of joy about this art, yeah. it brings me a yeah. lot of pleasure. Me too. I had the pleasure of talking with Bob Spitz a lot when he was done with his book and he was going to release it. And he asked me if I would read it and then mm -hmm. write a little piece about it, you know, for, for his launch and yeah. we got to talk and, and he's another guy like that. You know I mean? He, he just loves, loves music and is so inside it. And yeah, I had Ethan Russell on the show um, and he sent me his book. He sent me his, his whole, his, his, his whole uh, book of covers. And, and he told me the story about how he met John Lennon. He goes, he goes, you know why I was friends with Lennon? I took good pictures of his girlfriend. That's what he said. <laughs> that is great. His girlfriend. <laughs>
The album is called Fierce Bliss. The single Greed is is on that album. It, it, it's a monster. I highly recommend you get it. It will is available right now wherever you get your music. Uh, tour dates on your website, yes? Yes, indeed. And there are more coming in that aren't up yet. So, yeah, we're going to be out and about all the rest of the year. And I cannot thank you enough. Thank you for being on my show and best to you and your family. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Thank you. Hi, this is Ann Wilson, and that is 30 Minutes I Will Never Get Back. I got to talk to Ann Wilson from heart. I made her laugh, and that made me happy. <laughs> she was she was so cool, and those stories, man, I could listen to that all day. That yeah. was just awesome. Really yeah. was cool. Well, Adam, I knew I was going to hear the interview today, so I was listening to a bunch of heart last night. Mm. Oh, my God. What an iconic voice she has. Yeah. If the real do the trick. No, you better pick up something quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, wow. Yeah. I was nervous to even listen to the interview. Why? Because I was so blown away. She's so inspirational. Her and her sister. Mm. Wow. Yeah. She was nervous listening for the interview. You know what that's code for? It's code for you're going to fanboy out and embarrass me. I know it. That's what, <laughs> that's what that was code for. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Did and, you tell her you met Glenn Johns? Yes, I did. And and the fact you said that you everything was vibrating, there you go. Yeah. First embarrassment. Really? Yes. Well, she moved um, me. <laughs> she moved me and she made me laugh. I like that you made her laugh. Thank you. That was really big. I, I love music mm-hmm. and I love people who make it. So I'm... I almost start to cry because when you meet people who are so cool and so iconic, mm. because music can change your life, yeah, could change your emotion. You could go left or right with, you know what I mean? Yeah. In a sense. What a difference a day makes. Yeah. yeah. 24 little hours. That's my Dinah Washington. That song. I put that on. <laughs> I do. That makes me feel better. It's true. How many times when you're down and you can put on one song mm-hmm. that will make all the difference in the world. Yeah. And it, it, takes, you, you it takes you out of that. If you, if you, you find something that, that takes you out of your current uh, emotional state and puts you somewhere more positive yes. or just gives you a break from it, it, it it's, it's a powerful tool. It goes along with your philosophy what? about your choice on how you're going to react. It helps with that. Yeah. my Music, it, it, it reinforces my philosophy of do unto others before they can do it unto you. Sons of bitches. <laughs> about that. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay. music music can match any mood that you're in. It, it, it enhances everything around you. It's like a soundtrack to your life. It's just, mm-hmm. I, 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 music has been such a, a huge part of my life. And to hear someone as legendary as, as Ann Wilson talking about it and, and, and hearing the cool stuff, the story, the, 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 the Zeppelin story, it's yeah. just amazing. She crushed it. I've seen that video of her doing that. It's it's iconic. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I like I like when she's backstage and Nancy, your sister, goes, "I'm nervous. Can we put that aside for a moment, please? <laughs> Not now. Can we? <laughs> let's compartmentalize this. I don't know. There's an orchestra. There's a president, and Led Zeppelin is out there. <laughs> and and Robert Plant cried. I mean, he yes. just, did you see? He stood up and he pointed to John Bonham, at, uh, John Bonham's son. Jason and it was like I it was so moving and the fact that she's a music fan I meant it because I saw her face light up when we were just talking about you know driving songs she got a big kick out of the fact that kick it out is one of my favorite driving songs mm-hmm. kick it yeah. out sorry I did it again <laughs> 
She had some pretty cool driving songs, man. I want to I want to ride the shotgun who? with her when she's on the road. Yeah, yeah. The who? Um, that yeah. end whistle bass. Boom, boom, boom. I know, I know, and it's making me. I always have sort of like a running list of like what are my top songs when I'm driving. And understand that I also have the added burden because I have the convertible. Mm. I can't play bad music because if I do, everyone at the stoplight is going to judge the hell out of me. So I'm right. like, I really have to nail this. But can I give you my top three songs? Yeah. OK, give me your top three. All right. My top three. Uh, give me some loving. Spencer Davis group. Very good. Iron Eagle. The, uh, that was that was the song that they played in Iron Eagle with Lou Gossett Jr. Climb high oh, like sure. I told you. Play the tape. <laughs> <laughs> Chappy White. Yeah. That's so great. Um, Roadhouse Blues, The Doors. Very that good. just gets me feeling great. And got to have some Almond Brothers. You could probably pick just about any Almond Brothers song, mm. but for me, it's One Way Out. That's just, it's just, I hear that and I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to go. I plus playing, I was playing the Phil Maurice last night. My wife, well, Greg Allman moves my wife. Yes. Yeah. So I good. love Greg I'm, Allman. Yeah. Oh, God. Almond Brothers is just amazing. God. Yeah. Uh, I, I was you, Googling him. I'm like, oh, he died, right? Yeah. Please don't die, please. And then I'm like, oh, he died. He died. Because yeah. I wanted to see him live. Mm. Yeah. So would he. A lot of heroin. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what a yeah, great talent. I mean, inside and out. It is, you know, when she said uh, soul opening, mm-hmm. that, that there is something to that. When your voice is soul opening. Mm-hmm. Like even like Billie Holiday. She didn't have a perfect voice like Ella Fitzgerald. Right. But they were both soul opening mm. you know they they had they were connected to this their soul you know therefore what you said after is that's when you can be used as a vessel yeah. to communicate deeply to another human being yeah i just that, that's a byproduct what i love about being a vessel in my line of work is just my mind shuts off i'm like oh thank god i'm done with me for a while <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad other people are getting pleasure out of this because so am i god i'm <laughs> Don't let him back in. Where, where are the Oreos? <laughs> it's just flowing through me. Yeah. yeah. You know, and by the way, you know, it's funny because we're talking about the Almond Brothers and how much we love them. I mean, that was Dwayne and Greg, you know, yeah. that's family. And you got the Wilson sisters, you know, I mean, that's working with family. Um, I've never had that opportunity with my brother, mm. um, but uh, but it's got to be cool. You know, I mean, you guys. It's really family. not. I got to be honest with you. It's really, <laughs> yeah. I work work with my dad, you know, and then the boss follows you home at night. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that Where are you, you going? Up? We yeah, have a job tomorrow. That. Yeah. <laughs> Both of my brothers went to summer camp. I went to work. They went, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I think it was because I could drive so I could run tools and supplies back to the job and stuff. So they would go to camp and my father goes, get up. We're going to do arts and crafts today. You're going to, you're going to chop up a countertop and bring it to the dump. How's that? Huh? <laughs> Make a birdhouse, whatever the hell you want to do. Just that truck better be empty. Be back here by four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Camp Ferrara. <laughs> Smart man. Yeah. But yeah, she's dating the manager of the band. Uh, Nancy, her sister's dating the guitar player of the band. Then they break up. Then she falls in love with the drummer. I'm like, oh, this thing's ticking. What are you kidding me? Yeah, two right. sisters and two brothers, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 That, that is like complicated. Yeah. And but As you, you said, a whole Fleetwood Mac feeling to it, you know? Yeah, they did it too. And the Rumors <laughs> album. Yeah. I like when you said marriage, marriage is like being in a demo. 
Oh, yeah. Completely true. Yeah, being married. <laughs> I've learned this. Being married is like, and you have an idea. It's like writing a demo. You bring it into the studio, there's going to be some changes. Well, you, some think it's, you think it's, you think, no, it's not. We got to add horns. That verse is stupid. You, you said something perfect. Yeah. After you said, and it makes it better. You're yeah, welcome. I did it to save face. You're man. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I didn't want. I, I didn't. I, I didn't want to look like an yeah, idiot. Yeah, right, Adam. You, you're just. Uh -huh. You're just killing me. Yeah, right. Just... <laughs> he loves it. How else is he gonna die? Yeah. But the funny thing was, she goes, "You know what? I hear you when it comes to marriage." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's like, "Yeah, I understand what you're saying." Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was it was. It was nice to see her like like that realization like. I was very pleased at that moment because she was like, I hear, you know, I'm in, the, it's a duet. I'm not the star of the show. And, um, you know. Yeah, I heard you too. Yeah. What? No, she has to realize that I am the star. I'm like, oh. good. The message is getting through. Now, as soon as you accept it. You can't see me rolling my eyes. <laughs> Goodness. Now, I do have to challenge you on one thing, my friend. What? Um, wisdom comes with pain, not wisdom comes with age. Yeah. It's a little dark and depressing isn't it that it's accurate it really is <laughs> okay sure uh, you know how many dumb old people i know adam yes watch tv you see you see people in congress i'm just like are well, you kidding me okay. you're a grown-ass man i didn't know we were talking about that but i agree with that it's just, just, it's just stupid people i agree with that i'm like there's no way wisdom comes with age it's just like are you you're out of your freaking you haven't learned this yet you're, I'm not, you're a, I'm not old two enough. bags of oreos is not gonna make you feel better <laughs> we're not calling you old bill <laughs> okay all right what's i'll withdraw i'll withdraw the statement no but when i when i meant it, it comes with look a smart guy learns from his mistakes you know a wise person learns from the mistakes of others and when stuff <laughs> and when stuff gets to, when stuff hurts you learn from that quicker you know don't you yeah yeah. yeah. Well, you put your hand on the burner and you're like, oh, that hurts. Never yeah. going to do that again. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. when I look back at the pain I caused myself just with anxiety and worry, you know, like even when I'm working, like, God, I hope they, they don't use that take. You know, I'm like, what the right. hell's wrong with you? You know, so I've robbed myself of of just being in the present moment by all that. That, 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 that self-induced pains. And, and as I get older, I try to do it to cause myself pain. So when I feel that pain, I'm just like, nah, maybe I can get out of it quicker. Yeah, honey. Or it's like, here, Adam, have a gummy. Yeah, put this under your tongue and the pain will be gone soon. <laughs> calm down, Adam. Honestly. Give it all to the unicorn passing by. <laughs> you know, Adam, I, I did. I thought it was really interesting what you're talking about when you talk about um, anger, you know, can, can, can spark you creatively, you know, if channeled in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I it's 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 an energy and you can you can you can use that energy usefully. I, I haven't figured out how <laughs> <laughs> it looks good on paper. And then Anne went, yes, absolutely. I went, all right. Well, I guess she knows. Maybe she can tell me. Well, <laughs> she made her anger look cool, Adam. Yeah. Your anger is not cool. What? <laughs> Your anger is too godfather. <laughs> it's too godfather. It is? Yeah. What are you trying to say? I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe get a little softer with your anger. Okay. What are you trying to say? <laughs> okay. I can, I can deal with that. Yeah. You're not, you're not wrong. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. I get it. It's, it's, but it, what if you look at it as just energy and, and it, I'm full of shit. I can't do it. I don't think I'll ever be able to do it. I, 
right. You know, you know, yeah. I, you know, you know how I, I do channel my energy. When I wind Phil up, I feel better. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know if you have to go to confession about that, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to. Italians go to confession and we start that, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Theoretically. <laughs> Let me give you a hypothetical, uh, yeah. all right? I know Not, this guy. Listen, Padre, hypodermically speaking. <laughs> I want to thank Ann Wilson for being my guest. Uh, her new album is called Fierce Bliss. It has the single Greed on it. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? Adam Ferrara at Gmail. We got t-shirts. Yes, we do. There's a link to them right here in the show notes, as well as a link to my YouTube special that is still free. Mm-hmm. Yes. And please leave us a review. That helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And always remember that life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. The pot has ended. Go in peace. I don't know, I don't know why I tell you anything. I'm going to lay down and go to bed. I'm going to think about this conversation. Now I'm going to be up again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Phil, let's breathe in, out, complain, in, out, complain, in, out, complain. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.